0: The one thing I really learned and it really just hit home. So the big question is what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate, grow their teams and add more transactions year over year while so many struggle? To get the answers, we interview top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. Listen, we believe every agent should make a minimum of $100,000 per year. And we're on a mission to make this happen. We've already helped over 100 agents achieve this with our coaching. So if you want to fast track your business growth, get to your first a hundred thousand dollars in GCI or add another hundred thousand dollars in GCI using social strategies then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com or you can just click the link in the description below also just make sure to follow us hit that subscribe button and if you get any value from this at all please tell a friend and leave us a review my name is Andrew Dunn and my name is Peter Michael Welcome to Elite
1: Agent Secrets.
0: Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Elite Agent Secrets show. Today, we've got Josh Gehrig with us. He's been in the real estate industry now for 10 years. He actually started in commercial and private equity before moving to a brand new city, setting up a brand new boutique brokerage, did 18 plus million in 2021 on track. Or the goal is, should I say, to do 35 to 40 million in 2022. Most importantly, he's a husband and a father. He likes a bit of endurance endurance athlete style stuff. I'm gonna throw it out there. Sounds like hell, but listen, you're good at real estate. So it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Josh. We're gonna be breaking down some cool shit today. How are you doing, my man? I'm
2: doing well, Andrew. Thanks, brother. Doing doing very this, well. This, Appreciate having me on the show.
1: This is this is gonna be fun, right? I feel like every real estate professional is an endurance
2: athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Especially today's market. I mean, offer after offer, you know, like whether it's, you're it's on the list. It's a complex life. sport, baby. It's like jab,
1: jab, jab. Sometimes you, you know, get an uppercut and you get a knockout, get that baby on their contract, right? But man, I, I tell you what, I started training recently, something that Andrew doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I got
0: McDonald's, but I yeah,
2: a McDonald's, by drive. Yeah, that's the
1: exercise that you do. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: i feel like whatever floats your boat right i mean like if it's if it's you then it fits yeah listen
0: i race cars like i'm in motorsport i do some type of exercise that's my exercise you, you know the exercise that he does is
1: fixes his car because he crashes it every weekend that he goes out <laughs> yeah. and races. Up, like,
0: honestly i don't come <laughs> on the show to get shit talked <laughs> no but this
1: is this is the reason why i'm bringing this up is Because obviously you're highlighting that you're an endurance athlete, which tells me that you're dedicated to your health, not only your wealth and your business, which we on the show talk about, like the balance of whatever you know anybody's definition is in that. And obviously, this is something that you must be very passionate about, right? Because we know your topics. Andrew mentioned them. We're not gonna dive into the third topic, but being relentless. But I'm assuming in order to be in the industry for 10 plus years be a husband, be a father, have such big volume and aspirations It had to start somewhere. So yeah. take us back to like day one, give us a little bit of context around the story and how, you were, how, how you're also passionate and you are endurance athlete and doing all these other amazing things while still performing at a high level in your real estate business.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great way to set it up, Peter. I mean, geez, that's like, that's really good, but to break it down, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, it's probably started, it started years and years and years ago. Right. And, um, you, you know, I'm only human, but i I had a grandfather who was a retired Naval officer and uh, got to spend a lot of time with. And so those ingrained habits and discipline were probably, you know, brought forth at a young age, just by osmosis of being, you know, part of our family unit. But um, the, uh, the real, um, the real habits, I guess, with the endurance side started when I was in high school. Uh, I, I ran track in high school, played football and, had uh just a really relentless passion to uh um, not give up right i mean nobody wants to to give up so i didn't know i was good at track until i was at like track practice and the one dude who set the two mile school record for our school i was um you know running side by side as a freshman with him in practice and you know all the coaches were kind of like taking note and Mind you, I ran track in seventh grade, not eighth grade, and then showed up because my football coaches were, uh, some of them were also our track coaches. And so they're like, hey, if you want to get time on the field, you might as well uh, think about showing up for track too. And I'm like, uh, okay, so I don't really have a choice. <laughs> so Is that the same thing with real estate? It, you know, you got to show up on the field every day, right? Whether you really want to or not. And um so, yeah not to dive into that long story short um, was really uh, developing as a as a young uh, high school track athlete and uh, later went on my sophomore junior and senior year to set the two mile school record just missed the mile school record and um, the, the thing about endurance and I want to say about track and in life in general, right? It's 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 a marathon, not a sprint. So cliche to hear that. But it's it's really the mental mental toughness. Um especially relating that to real estate right now. I mean, if you don't have the tenacity and drive to get your head kicked in, you know, five different times in a day, um only this- five? Only five. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> Andrew, we're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, I counted five before I got in the office this morning.
2: <laughs> okay, maybe it's ten. I don't know. That number's probably gonna go up before the end of the quarter. But uh, yeah, I mean it's just that that, you know, you you know, you hear the grind and all that and um we're all in this business for different reasons. Right. I mean, some of us think freedom, what does freedom mean to you? Some people it's financial, right? Some of them it's giving back and building a a legacy with, with their name and agents they develop. Uh, I don't remember who quoted this, but a definition of a leader is somebody who develops a leader who then develops a leader. And, you know, there's a lot of truth in that, right? That's that takes a lot of skill and um, it's really fucking hard. It's really hard leadership
0: the 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 biggest misconception with leadership is people think it's you telling people what to do and it's like you are like you are way out (laughs) like you are so wrong it's like like if you were gonna try and highlight it like that it's like you telling people what to do and then feeling happy and fulfilled that you have Oh, it's, like, it's, it's like, it's another level. It's like, not only are they doing it, but like they're doing it because they want to do it and they fulfill fulfilled with doing it. And they also understand that some days are shit and they still do it. And it's like, leadership, even summing it up like that, doesn't do it justice because of how fucking difficult it is. Oh, people okay. just think when you boss people around, like you're a leader and you're like, no, that's the difference between a boss and a leader.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the fastest fucking way to have people leave you is boss them around, <laughs> right? <laughs> just. You you, you got to lead them in a way that, um, you know, I hate to say analyze, but you have to complement their weaknesses with your strengths and vice versa, yeah. right? That's how you build a team and that's how you build a really solid team. And, um, you know, we, we have... Uh what do we have right now? We have three different independent coaches that are coaching, uh, you know, coaching, consulting whatever you want to call it, um our organization to grow to, you know, levels that we want to see it at and each one has a different facet that their strengths are within and um so, so-
0: take us back then just give us a brief overview 10 years give or take 10 years you've been in real estate walk us through like what did your first year second year third year and and then fast forward to the last couple of years through the pandemic like were you a star born again it was like i did 50 deals my first year or was it like i did three
2: (laughs) take us on the journey (laughs) right yeah so i mean Diving back. And I mean, for real estate, for me, it actually goes back further than 10 years. And uh, just a, a snapshot of kind of what that looks like. Um, my family has been in in the real estate industry back in uh, southeast Michigan for, oh, man, um My whole life. uh, I had a very successful aunt who um, built up a Coldwell Banker franchise and name and sold it off, I believe, in the early 2000s and um, residential real estate predominantly an investment. I would have never never thought I would have been in real estate today talking to both of you Um, just because it was osmosis. Right. I mean, I understood how to, my dad and uncle, they, they helped build houses and, you know, and I've swung a hammer and built, you know, I've I've framed a house and roofed. And so for me, you know, that part of the real estate industry uh, was just always like organic. Um, Fast forward, go to college. I got a degree in business uh, management and finance. Uh, went to actually work in the financial markets, um, worked in the, uh, the futures markets and the commodity markets for several years. And which really set me up for the opportunity that I had jumping into real estate, probably within the last, what we would call 10, 11 years. So that brought me to, uh, it's, it's funny how introductions work in life, right? I mean, they're just the most, I don't know how to explain it, probably unorganized, messed up way of like where your life will meander and go. Uh, had a, had a former colleague that introduced me to a gentleman who built this phenomenal, um, agricultural real estate behemoth company. It was actually the largest ag asset management company in the country. Uh, they're in several, uh, several states, uh, or several countries. I mean, uh, built this thing in, in, in the upward figures of, you know, the billions and sold it off. And so then I got um, the opportunity and the fortune to partner with this gentleman as a, um, you know, it's kind of a junior member uh, early, early on in the startup of his second real estate company. And so for, for about uh, two or from about 2011 to 2016, uh, the summer of 2016, actually, uh, I was involved predominantly in the commercial uh, private equity arena of real estate with the emphasis on transitional development predominantly agricultural land. So I grew up on a farm. So uh grew up in southeast Michigan. Detroit was like an hour and 20, 30 minutes away. So I mean I wasn't like a hick in the sticks and like you had to drive forever to go to a go to a city. Now we were pretty close to Detroit, Ann Arbor. Um so that just fell into place. And lo and behold, I I didn't realize it at the early part of, of my career with um, with that firm, I was building my solid foundation to launch my own real estate company. Right. I worked with a lot of extraordinarily high net worth clients, um, clients where you would literally, you know, wake up six o'clock in the morning, jump on their private jet, go look at, you know, go look at a piece of property, fly back all before noon and uh, you know, do your analysis. And, and, you know, that is a different way of thinking. It's a different way of doing business, but um, um, sign me yeah. up <laughs> yeah yeah sign me up for the jet <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: yeah. I think where do
0: I get into this this get on a jet like yeah that sounds pretty good but I think you're the first person who's gone yeah I was in a business where I got up at 6 a.m got a private jet went was
2: back by <laughs> noon after doing two flights <laughs> to yeah, it's One just, house. It, it, it's it's yeah it's it's just a totally different way of doing business but the one thing I really learned and um and it really just hit home like they're human beings, right? Whether you have a $1 million dollars, a thousand dollars or, you know, call it a billion dollars towards your name. These people, at the end of the day, they all appreciate the core values and the respect, the value of trust, um, hard work, more importantly, um, and just being open, honest and real. Like they don't want to hear people. Uh, BS. And they don't want to always hear what they want to hear. They want the truth. And that's probably the fastest way I built rapport was just being a good person and doing all the things that I would want in their shoes. And it opened a lot of doors very quick. Um, So, you know, the the largest transaction with the group that I think we did at the time in, in commercial real estate in those settings, it's not like, hey, I've got a buyer, you've got a seller, we're going to put a contract together, do a deal. I mean, there, there are multitudes of layers, like you have several attorneys, you have multiple buyer levels, you know, you have the institutional players, the high net worth guys, you have so many different facets of the the commercial uh, bubble arena, if you will, that takes to do one deal. And so most of those transactions are going to be 6, 12, 18 months to get to the closing table, even if they get to the closing table, because... You know, commercial real estate, let's face it, the majority of the time it's unemotional. It's a numbers game. Like, does yeah. this make sense to do or does it not? And and um, probably the frustrating thing behind the scenes is, is there's other competing markets. Right. So we focused in uh, agricultural transitional development. And, you know, you may have office space, you may have multifamily, you may have uh, forestry. You, you may have all these other competing commercial asset classes. That are you know essentially trying to suck your capital or your clients away, um, and it's all driven by ROI predominantly. Um, I won't want to say it's all driven by ROI, but the relationship matter is a huge piece of it. Um, but uh, was that what forced you then to go to the look
0: at the residential side? These long, long you deals. Know,
2: you know, I I I love doing what. Um, you know, the farmland transitional development, working with high net worth clients. I, I really love that. I I knew um, deep in my soul, I, I started um, my first company with my business partner. Uh, he's still my business partner today, outside of the real estate brokerage. We do other investment deals together. He's 25 years older than me. Um, I started my first company when I was 21. And we grew that into a, a successful company at that time. So Um, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but it sounds like I've got a uh, background call coming in. Good. (laughs) Anyways, uh what I learned then is, is that I have an entrepreneur background. Like I am an entrepreneur at heart. Like I really, truly want to just build something and have a legacy that gives back, not necessarily financially, but always in a sense that is, you know, fruitful for other people's lives, like developing them into leaders, developing them into other key, um, you know, key people in an organization, whether it's my own or somebody else's. Right. So I always knew that was the that was the avenue I was going to go was the entrepreneurial side. Um so fast forward to 2016. Right. My um, my wife today actually lived here in Tulsa and uh, at the time we weren't married. So you can see where the story's going from here. Right. You know, uh, it worked out to where I kind of came to a crossroads with my life of, you know what? It's either shit or get off the pot, take the jump of faith or like know that you know if you're not working towards your dreams building them up every day you're building somebody else's and, and and that's not a wrong piece or a place to be right because there are successful CEOs out there that work for somebody else or they work for a board of shareholders that uh they um th- you know they work for somebody else and, and they are financially very successful they are spiritually very successful all all big picture successful right so um it was made the decision that, Hey, I think that for me, I need to take the plunge and, and start my own, my own thing in real estate. Um, so that entailed me actually moving from where I was in Iowa at the time living and, uh, transitioning to Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I, I knew very few people <laughs> to be real. I mean, it was like uh family. Nope. Don't have a single soul here. Uh, friends, uh, know a couple through my wife. Um, But that was that was really uh, the plunge and moment of my my professional career and and obviously in my relationship career, too. Right. So uh, that uh, that came in 2016, Uh, my wife, obviously, went on to marry my wife, love my wife. We've been together for many years, actually, since about 2011. So I put her through uh, her through the long track. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there is a, there's a slight part of me, this sadistic comedy that I like, where I
0: can't imagine someone being on the show being like, I've been married to my wife, just just hate her. <laughs> just go, <laughs> i completely flipping the switch. Everyone's just expecting you. Got I love her, Adesh. She's the best thing that ever happened and someone else. Someone just finally coming on the show being like, it's a terrible decision, <laughs> and just really like throwing everybody off the game. We'll we, we'll be here. No, one that, what that, that would
1: probably be the divorce papers have been served or will be served in the next foreseeable five minutes of listening to this podcast.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just to what's going on. but like so that's that's how you transition. So was this. A couple of years ago, you moved. When was the Tulsa move in the brokerage build then? Because obviously now you run your own indie brokerage, right? Yeah, absolutely.
2: So one thing that I did learn, right, is you don't know what you don't know, and naive is bliss, or Being naive is sometimes bliss, and it's also sometimes your biggest asset and your biggest detriment, right? So, uh, totally. I, 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 you know, I've always. Um, Investment properties, residential properties. You know, I, I even when I was in the the commercial arena, you know, I was buying rental, single family rental properties, duplex. You know, fix them up, not really flipping them, but holding them for long term revenue and growth, which is what we all, you know, love about real estate, right? So, um, I got thinking, you know, what what it takes to do a commercial deal, right? I mean, I have the relationships, the strengths. uh, Also, at the same time, you know, I don't know if it's John C. Maxwell that that says this or or Tony Robbins or one of the, you know, national speakers says you want to leave well. Right. So what I did when I left the organization that, um, you know, I had previously been with for five and a half years, you know, uh, there was there was no animosity from my part. There was no synergy. There was no like, yeah, I'm leaving. See you later. You know, it was, it was for me, it was like a moment in my life where I wish everybody well. And I knew on the horizon where I was going and um, I I wanted to be able to call on any one of those key members and, and former colleagues and say, Hey, look, I need a favor. Right. And if they called me, I wanted to be able to do the same. And, um, So that that leaving well with the previous firm and company um, really got me thinking of, well, you know, I don't I don't want to go, you know, steal clients or I don't want to, you know, go head to head and compete in that industry. And I mean, let's face it, that industry takes um, a lot more time to to do a deal. And so that really got me thinking, why not residential, right? You're 30 to 45 days in a transaction. You know, you've got a pipeline that you can work leads in. But essentially for all practical purposes to get to the finish line, it's 45 days. So I knew the cash flow cycle would be a pretty quick one. And all I had to do is find people that wanted to do business and, um, it, you know, growing up with some solid family core values and just, you know, treating others how they want to be treated. I, I didn't ever really have a fear that I wasn't going to be able to find clients and help them. And so, you know, that, that, path kicked off for me in 2017. I actually, um, started my own, uh, endeavor here in Tulsa. I actually partnered with a Coldwell Banker franchise in town and actually became a licensed, uh, agent with them for a couple of years. And the, and the reason was, um, great organization. We have one of the best Coldwell Banker, uh, independently owned franchises in the country here, know the owners well. They're, they're outstanding people. Um, but one of the things that I knew I didn't know was the market. Right. And so I wanted that brain think of, hey, yeah, I could launch my own brokerage today, but I'd really be doing myself a disservice and my clients potentially a disservice by not understanding and knowing the market as, and learning it as fast as I could. So um from 2017 to uh, 2020, I worked um, under Colo Banker here in town as a uh, as an agent with her franchise. Uh, again, just grew production numbers really rapidly. I I think when I left there, I was doing um, I would have to pull the exact numbers. I want to say I was doing probably around eight million independently there, seven to eight million. Um, and so. Uh, fast forward, <laughs> March, March, uh, 2020. Uh, coronavirus pandemic hit the United States full fledged. Hammered here in Oklahoma. I had started the independent brokerage that I I now own with my wife uh, in January of 2020. So we um <laughs> we <laughs> three months of bliss. <laughs> <laughs> We uh we 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 didn't know what the hell we were doing right when we were jumping in as far as um. Uh, well, of course we knew what we were doing, but when I'm saying like, we didn't know what we were doing when, when like, you know, the pandemic hit, it was like, I, I remember telling my wife this, I'm like, th- this is either going to be like really, really good, or it's going to be like, Hey, uh, we're, we're probably going to be finding something else to do at the time. And, um, you know, I didn't have a worry about that being an entrepreneur. I always knew I could make money. And of course I, you know, I, I, I Fiscally, I'm probably one of the most tightest people. My wife will tell you on this earth. I, I squeak when I walk. I save and invest, <laughs> but you know that's that's what allows you to make those uh, those game game winning shots and those difference makers. So um, when we launched the brokerage, uh, it was full-fledged feet to the ground, right? Hired an assistant, uh, an executive admin right away, uh, knew that we wanted to increase headcount, knew that we had to dial in systems and processes, which um, for the lack of, I would say, you know, 2017 to 2019 in the residential real estate space, you know, you started reading more about what Gary Keller was publishing. The one thing dialing in systems and processes teams were, were always in the scenes, but they were starting to become more powerful. Some teams were starting to become even larger than some brokerages in town. And so, um, you know, I learned early on in 2019 that if I was going to take the plunge and do this on my own, I needed to get some really solid systems and, uh, you know, processes in place and document those and, and start really, really dialing and building those in. So, uh, I think that rolls us
0: quite nicely. If I can jump in into your first topic, actually, which is something that we enjoy being nerds and being an engineer by trade, which is track everything you do. So why is track everything you do your first secret
2: to success? You know, I will say it is, it, it is what you can measure, you can, um, manage, you can manage, you can adjust, you can yeah. maneuver, like, You know, the the beauty of being a small boutique brokerage, and it's no secret, right? So, like, I'm the speedboat with the whales in the ocean. I've got, you know, the big box franchises who, you know, I respect greatly. But at the same time, it takes a lot of momentum to move that ship. Whereas I can look at the numbers, I can look at what our conversion rates are, our lead generation, our marketing and branding spend, and, and make really... Uh, precise decisions and maneuver that ship a lot faster and quicker to capture a trend or a tide than what it takes to move a, you know, several billion dollar company. And so tracking has allowed us to make better decisions. It's allowed us to make uh, more profitable decisions. It's allowed us to help make decisions of, hey, maybe I need to step back out of production to manage more Or, hey, I need to bring in somebody to manage this for me. And, um, you know, coming from a finance background, you know, I mean, I I love accounting. I love finance and and tweaking the numbers and seeing what I can push out of something. So uh, it's just ingrained my, you know, from college to my first really big real estate career to now. It's just really kind of just been, you know, part of me. Got a couple of questions for you then. First one me. is
0: around the actual tracking mechanism like softwares Thank and things use. You know. <laughs> and then my second one would be, I think for our listeners would be valuable, is um, if you could give insight or hindsight, I guess, to some of the decisions that you have been able to move either towards or away from. Um, if there has been some in the last couple of years that have actually either, you know, you've actually dodged a bullet or you've seen growth <laughs> because of that kind of speed boat um you know, mentality that you are not mentality, but the speedboat like essence of your business?
2: Yeah. So, um, we use Sisu. Uh, in fact, we've, we've recently started to implement Sisu. Uh, I say recently it was, you know, end of last year. Um, we traditionally had uh, like a lot of, I feel like Fastly growing startup companies, a lot of spreadsheets and QuickBooks, <laughs> which <Yeah>. work. <laughs> but automation, I mean, you you being the engineer, I mean, automation, it makes life so much simpler and faster and more economical and efficient. And yeah. I say that last word efficient because that's what Sisu has done to our, our business. Um, uh, what I would say, you know, shifting from maybe missing you know, a, a meteoroid screaming at our, our business was, um, when, when COVID hit, you know, I mean, our, our predominant intake, uh, of new clients were, were heavy online lead generation. And we can talk more about that when, yeah you know, later in the show, but, um, at that time, you know, when March came, a lot of the online lead gen sources just like freeze and i think that was everything in general the world was processing what the heck was going on what the hell is going to happen and and we're all sitting here too and i i knew the best thing i could do was cut expenses where i could cut expenses but i also knew from a lot of my financial counterparts in my previous careers that you know you don't kill the golden goose that's laying the eggs in a situation like that. So I was actually thinking the opposite. I'm like, how can I ramp up my marketing? How can I ramp up my, uh, my lead generation? And, you know, when everybody's running for the Hills, you know, I'm buying all I can. That's the trader mentality. I mean, I still trade my own account to this day from, you know, the futures market side, but, um, I, I seen that and I seen some opportunity within Zillow and started to, Slowly trickle more and more money into that, and so that that really helped increase our growth rapidly in that time period. And I don't want to say it was all me or a decision, right? That's ego speaking. If you say that, it's it's the the reality of like, hey, I saw an opportunity, I executed, and the market, whoever yeah. would have thought, just went absolutely bonkers, crazy in residential real estate from you know March 2020 on. So um, that that was a really good kind of near miss but absolutely opportunity when you actually look you know broke the numbers down and looked at it so oh and by the way if you're interested in gaining access
0: to our courses and coaching 100% free then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com.